everyone, welcome back. We are at the social edit with two of my teachers, uh, Mr. Jury, who is my maths teacher. Hello. And Miss Milton, who is my Spanish teacher. Hello. And today we're going to be speaking about the pink tags and a lot of stuff about gender. So let's start speaking about this thing called the pink tags. Mm. I'm not sure if you guys know, but the pink tags has actually been running for so long that people are actually unaware of it until the taxes on feminine hygiene products came out. Mm. It was only then we're like, oh yeah, women are paying more. Mm. And then women didn't technically do anything about the other product. They kept on paying for it, but they were rebelling about the extra GST added on the female product they require. Now, the tricky thing about this is the hygiene product that's the main blowout point of this pink tax um had an extra gst because it was considered a luxurious product and an accessory that women require as something to show but not for compulsion what do you think about that um well obviously i think that's absolutely ridiculous uh i don't see how you could say that that product is a luxury product and um, it is something that women need yeah so I'd love to have been in the room <laughs> when they decided. Yeah. Is this a necessity or? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the whole thing was they just stopped deciding. And fun fact, it was actually a woman who passed the law. What? Right. Exactly. Was that here in Singapore or elsewhere? Uh, I think it was the USA. USA. No, I think it was yeah. Yeah, USA. America. Right. Yeah. So it was actually a woman who came like, oh, yeah, this law seems good enough. Let me just <laughs> put it up in the government. Do you think it was um, uh, her not like signing through a bill that she hadn't properly read? Or do you think she actually understood it and had a reason for it? Because if she does have a reason, I would very much like to know why she did that. That, in fact, is one of my questions. Mm. But um, I think either it was under pressure or maybe she was genuinely going for targeted marketing. Mm. You know, she want she knew like women can't not have this product. My right. company's gonna mm. earn more. Or was she so was she invested in the uh, in I a mean, company then? No. All I know, she passed the law. So right. I mean, you can't just pass the law being a company owner. You have to yeah. be in the political section of right. the government to to actually pass in a law. Mm -hmm. So I. But then there has been issues at the moment, isn't it, in the U.S. Yeah. government with links towards industries? Yeah, um, exactly. And it's even happened in the U.K. For yeah. example, uh, a minister recently has been linked. I can't remember which industry it was. But they have ties to private companies within that industry. I think it's not not rare to have in politics those kind of ties. Mm. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, apart from just being the hygiene products, that was actually in 2016, by the way. Mm -hmm. Now, apart from just being that, from so long, women are paying more for the same products, the mm. same materials. There's a quote which says the products are different because uh, the products are more expensive because they have different materials in them. Like the ones that men's have and the one that women's have. Like women's have some extra products that they make, hence cost more. Mm. I think that that is actually true yeah, to exactly. a certain extent. Certain but extent. often, I think that the way that the products have been um, amended for women is just aesthetically. So it's not actually yeah, that exactly. the product is giving you anything more, practically speaking. It's just that it looks maybe prettier, which obviously women then Please. buy or feel like they that's what they need because yeah, exactly. they should be buying pretty it's like products. Unless you're paying for that model on the cover i mean mm. what are you exactly paying for it's the same thing the like the razor for example that's one really like mind-blowing example mm -hmm. so this razor it has the metal razor tips on it the men have it for the face i don't know well we don't discriminate where <laughs> ma males would like to shave but yeah for, for the face yeah so the men have it for the face and the women also have it mm -hmm. for the face but 
it's the same product. What difference is the handle? One of them has mm-hmm. like more feminine colors, like pink and purple and all that, and the men's like dark. Maybe it's softer to hold for a woman's delicate hand. <laughs> probably. <laughs> the pink probably had some pigment in it that probably cost more. Mm. Yeah. So I mean, stuff like that costs different. Like a woman's razor will cost something. This is, this is a rough estimation. Mm-hmm. Would cost something like five dollars. I mean, a men's would cost like five dollars, and a woman's would cost like ten bucks. Mm. I mean, that's a surprisingly huge price, and I'd rather just buy the men's thing rather than getting. For the well, wha- why? Why not? Why? Why not buy the male version? I mean, I think it also comes from again targeted marketing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at it, you, it's that whole where they have the whole thing of like man, man, and woman is a woman, mm-hmm. you know. So. See, like, watching a woman pick up something of a man's, like, specific man's item would be seen as, are you sure? I think that now I feel wiser to the fact that actually what I'm going to get out of the two products would probably be the same. The same, exactly. But growing up, I definitely would have believed that there would be a specific reason why I cannot buy the men's version. I have a question. Mm -hmm. Go for it. Is there any, I, I know that this is prolific amongst most female hygiene products that they are more expensive than males. Oh, yeah, and yeah. targeted marketing intuitively seems to me to be the reason why. But is there a case where it's the other way around? So I, I'm trying to think now, like there are a few products in my lifetime when I was younger that were not considered for males at all. And then they started having males uh, versions come out. So for example, Nivea moisturizer oh, yeah, for men. I would like to know, in fact, is it okay if I look that up on Google yeah, and find out if there's, a, yeah. if there's a discrepancy between Honestly, a female yeah. and a male? Okay, yeah. apologies for the silence. I'll leave it to you guys. <laughs> no, I'll fill in the gap. So recently I was seeing this thing while I was researching. KFC did this campaign to make women aware of the pink tax. They don't want to be. They had those chicken fries, you know, the ones that usually come in the yellow box. With as the a chicken. vegetarian, I do not, but I can <laughs> keep, keep going. I can imagine. I mean, as a carnival, let me explain. <laughs> okay, so... So it's these yellow boxes, which, and it's yellow, so that's seen off a male color. Uh-huh. Or rather neutral color, if not a male. But they came up with a new box, which was pink, and with eyelashes, and like kawaii and everything. <laughs> the same chicken fries, just in a different box that's pink, and one's yellow, right? Guess how much the pink one costs? I'm guessing more. Three dollars 95 cents compared to the yellow one, which costs one dollar 65 cents. Now... This was obviously intentional because they wanted women to come in and be like, the f- you yeah. know? <laughs> so they they start selling these things and there's going to be two customers. There's going to be a woman and there's going to be a man. So th- they're both going to order the same thing. But the woman's going to get the pink one. And then she's going to be outraged. Like, why are you giving me a pink box? I don't want to pay extra just for a pink box. And then why is the guy getting for cheaper for the same item? And then you can see these women, like, throwing a tantrum at the counter of KFC and then those and then the cashier goes like okay you're willing to pay for other products such as jeans and clothing and and even things such as perfume and all that all that stuff you're willing to pay way more that for just for being a woman but you can't pay extra for chicken nuggets Mm. you know well I think that that was clearly presented in a very obvious way exactly in a supermarket I suppose when you go in the male uh, products will be in one section yeah. and the female products will be in the other maybe people would have questioned it more already if they were both in the exact same section 
sitting yeah, next to exactly. each other. Like the women's one all the way in the dark corner yeah. of the alley. It's like no one's going there except for the women. <laughs> you know. Be prepared to lose money if yeah. you uh, enter this exactly. zone. <laughs> and it's so expensive. Yeah. It's actually so expensive, like pads and tampons. It's so expensive. Okay, now can I give you a stat? You know, stat? Is that a, is that a word? You can. Stat? Now, apart from just being hygiene products uh-huh. that are more expensive, women's or girls' products cost on an average seven percent more than the women's product uh, than the men's products. That's how much more it costs. Wow. Now, now there's things such as toys, clothing, even dry cleaning for women's clothing costs more. Dry cleaning is men's shirt uh, have the range of two dollar and eighty six USD. Women's is almost double. It's at four ninety five USD. It's forty two percent more just for dry cleaning. Well, I wonder what would happen because <laughs> at Dover Court, all of the pupils wear the same shirt, but the boys have it done up and the yeah. girls have it undone. With the top button undone. Exactly. So it's the same shirt. I wonder if you went into a dry cleaners with it, what what would they charge you, the male price or the female price? I definitely think we should do that. Yes. Also, I have an update. Oh, go for it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I apologize. It's a bit underwhelming. But um, I've basically been looking through Amazon.com to try and find like products that would equal one another. And I feel like I would not be setting a very good example to our IA Master Exploration students. Ooh. If I did not find an absolute comparison between two very similar products. So, unfortunately, we don't know. (laughs) It's the unknown fact. Please Mm. research. Yes. Um, Now, did you also know that those toys, like, you know, those girl toys and boy toys, like those trucks that they have, that they can the ones like Mm. red and has fire on it and one's pink and has dolls on it. That also has a price difference. Like, we're literally going from that, that making women pay more just for the sake of it. I'm really sorry. I'd just like to interrupt. Our our um, social edit researcher has actually passed me a piece of important information. Um, Nivea Creme, or Kareem, Miss, actually, I should pass it to you. How do you pronounce that? Creme. Creme. Nivea Creme. So no gender um, specifics at all. Costs you $2. Nivea Creme for men, $5.76. Ooh, interesting. Isn't it just? But actually, if you think about it, I get what they're doing here. They like they're doing they're playing mind games with us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Cream just is trying to throw us off the scent, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like cream is you know seen as like women like to like you know keep their skin you mm-hmm. know young and bright and all that stuff. Men don't like stubble and strong and all that crap. Mm-hmm. So it's like they're going for the reverse thing. They're gonna be like, oh, women buy this, so you know we'll keep it cheaper. Men don't buy it. We're gonna. Make it more or, expensive. Or that, so that's definitely one point. But I'm also thinking that this is a pattern here. That when you engender a product. So the male products don't tend to be for men. You have razor blades for women. You know, I'm your Venus, I'm your yeah, fire. It's very, very... <laughs> you know, Please sing that. Please moi. sing that. that. I'm your Venus. <laughs> I'm your fire. Your desire. Wait, <laughs> that is a oh, tagline yeah. for a oh, yeah. female shaving blade. Oh my god, I have that shaving blade! <laughs> right. I'm so happy that that <laughs> happened. This may be edited out. <laughs> this will not be edited <laughs> out. Wait, wait, can I just quickly bring something up? But no women's shaving ads show hair. Yes. Yeah, yes. 100%. For the first time, and there was like an outrage. Like people were like, well, it it's unnatural. Re- yeah, they were like, it should be removed. Like, you know, yeah. there was like women's hair on their legs, and it was going what? crazy about it. So hair? Women grow. <laughs> yeah. Hair? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you think about it. Even uh, within 
also and also people having periods. It's blue water. Yeah, like, I've seen that. Yeah. So true. I've seen yeah. Blue water. Nothing you're buying is actually showing what the purpose, like the yeah. the real world. It's like basically. you're censoring it for those sensitive men out there who I can't okay. see blood. No, ah, is, is it is it just men? Let's or rather those. People who are sensitive to anything realistic. Well, if you think, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say it just meant because I think I know a few women I knew uh, who have actually like this is a personal anecdote. Um, there was a woman that we we saw out once, uh, a group of friends of mine, and one of one of the girls remarked on the armpit hit, and this woman clearly didn't shave her armpits. I think um, it's socially unacceptable whether that's right or wrong socially <laughs> unacceptable for a woman to have under armpit hair and that's for all genders would notice something that is different from the norm correct mm. and i think i think that's the problem when you when you are um prolific in adverts when you women don't have hair and yet they need shavers and everything that sam was yeah. mentioning there you are you are making everyone have an expectation that then when that expectation is broken they are trying to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, exactly. I'm being distracted. Not even. Right. Uh, before, before we were talking about the other thing about that's Nivea being cut men. now, so you'll never know. <laughs> um, we, were, we were talking about the Nivea for men and, oh, the Nivea. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and engendered products. So when you have female products, they cost more. Um, but I think in general, female products get gendered and males don't. Could it be, with mm-hmm. regard to the Nivea for men, Yes. could it be that men... It doesn't go with the kind of societal expectation image. of men, yeah. the image of men, yeah, that should that there should be that they would use a moisturising cream that's far too feminine. So could it be that they've put the price up so that men feel like there's something special in this product mm-hmm. that means that actually it is for men. It's not. I'm not. You. I am not using a women's cream because yep. look the women's cream's five pounds mine's different mine's a different price go on sorry i, I should have no, paused and paraphrased there but i really want to get involved <laughs> is it? so <laughs> i think that the um what you were just saying is absolutely right and i think it's about societal expectations of masculinity and femininity mm-hmm. and we are born into these gendered roles and we are raised as a boy mm-hmm. and as a girl and as we are we link our own identities to our own gender I think that's the majority of the populace do that. So when we have anything that really attacks that kind of identity, attacks our own ego, I'm a male, so I must be masculine. Mm. So if I get moisturizer because my skin is flaking like, and I don't <laughs> want that to happen, um, I'm not going to go and get the creme. I'm going to get <laughs> the ferment, you know, and, and that protects my masculinity, it protects yeah, my ego, exactly. protects my identity. Um, if you looked at the average woman's skin, the average male's skin, you would probably say the average woman's skin is better cared so, for, yeah, you know, exactly. and... Uh, and males aren't, and it's seen as um, that's seen as a feminine quality. <laughs> Miss is just rubbing her face now. <laughs> so um, soft. It's seen as a. <laughs> yeah, it's seen as a, it's seen as a, um, a better quality. But actually, if if you were a female and you're looking at a, at a male and his skin was flaking and dry, you. You would repulsed. right exactly. <laughs> there is something there where you think, "Oh, his his skin's not very good." So we're expected to have. Um, I'm, I am not by no means making this about males have no, it so hard. It's, but we, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, we are expected talk. to present ourselves very well, but we have limited options if yeah. if you're going to make moisturizing feminine. And I think True. it is detrimental if a male needs to moisturize their skin because their skin is dry. The fact that they feel like I can't buy moisturizer because that's a female thing. Yeah. 
is is a, a, in the same pattern and is nowhere near as bad as the fact that you guys have to pay more money. That is insane that you have an economical deficit for it, whereas we just have a kind of a self-esteem kind of issue going yeah. on. It's very, it's very different round, but it's, it's like this weird balance that running this world, and you, and it's like a cycle you can't break. You know, mm. like this, this whole thing of fragile femininity and toxic masculinity, like that's been thrusted upon us, mm. and hopefully not the coming generations. For like, it's been going on for way too long, and I think that's one thing companies use against us mm-hmm. just to sell their products they market it in a way so that they know that oh this is only for men you know and you so and they specify it as well it's not going to be like just mm-hmm. green it's like for men so they're specifying it which is again just it's you're not trying to progress you're literally trying to remain where you are mm-hmm. you're not trying to move forward by indulging in a very co-existing world where every sex is seen as a like requires the same things you know Mm -hmm. i mean some probably require more some require different and all that stuff i think any any time the status quo is challenged there is going to be a reaction and it's easy for everyone to just carry on with the status quo not question and just keep on going and and uh, i think you're right when we um i think when i was younger though when you said you know you can't change it I would say it's the landscape is different from when I was younger to where we are now. Um, I think the toxic, the very fact that we are talking about the idea of toxic masculinity that didn't exist, uh, and I'm I'm not that old, but when I was younger, it didn't <laughs> exist. I think it didn't exist young, because it was a part old. of the world. <laughs> I think toxic masculinity mm. wasn't looked at because it was so normal. You know? Exactly, now it was the status quo. Yeah, yeah, and now it's like women are like, no, we want equality. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just keep mistreating us for so long. The whole thing happening in the film industries, the whole Me Too movement and mm. times of movement and all that stuff. Like women are speaking up and hence we're seeing, oh, toxic masculinity mm. isn't really fitting into this world right now. I have a question. Yes. I agree with your statement there. Mm-hmm. But if you look back in history, and I wish it was a history teacher here because I'm an amateur when it comes to this kind of <laughs> stuff. But uh, if you look back at different history, I wonder if it's if that's just the nature of human society. If you look at different groups that have been... Uh, repressed. Obviously, um, females now are fantastically bringing forth that gender equality, and, and, and that is the main point at the moment in our mainstream media, um, the equality between men and women. But, you know, before that, they were probably, you know, slaves and Martin Luther King. Yeah, they, exactly. they were the uh, oppressed, and they managed to break out. And obviously, there's still some issues there as well. But it seems to be that as you pass through, there's always a, a society that has been repressed. Yeah that hasn't had its time or that opportunity to come out and say, we are being repressed and we need to change this. And I think it's great that um, women have, since the suffrage, it's been decades, it's been centuries in the making with uh, some some women. And we are finally in that that point where all of this is mainstream talk and we could talk about pink tax. There's still a long way to go, but I definitely think that even within the last decade, we've progressed quite far in in, uh, defining what it is that's inequality. The world is dying. Stop global warming. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think it ever even entered my mind that I could be paying more for products. Um, no, definitely not. I mean, it's just not something that was that was talked about, and it wasn't something that was in the mainstream. You were paying more. That's the point here. You didn't realize you were. I paying only more. mean paying more in so much as, as women need more, produ- more products Correct, yeah. than men yeah. as a rule, right? Like ah, what do men need c- to get c- ready? A little bit of shampoo. I just want to disseminate that that uh, language, though. Okay. Women need. 
is what you said. They yeah. need more. Yeah, how interesting. They do need but more. ah, do they? Yeah, but they do when I it mean, comes to like feminine. Uh, right, yeah, when it's high, when it's hygiene product, but even then, like to define a, a luxury okay. and a need and everything like that, you know, to bring to tie those two words in. Yeah. Um, I would like to know what you consider a need. Like, is there some makeup that you wear that you consider a need when, when in actual fact, it's a societal expectation that's put yeah, on you? Yeah, I mean, you? the thing is, that's a difficult one because I feel I need to put on mascara every day of right. my life. If right. I don't put on mascara mm-hmm. and I go judged. to work, mm-hmm. yeah. I would feel very self-conscious. Exactly. Right. That is something that has been put upon me by society. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's not an actual basic need mm-hmm. <laughs> that my eyelashes have mascara on um, I think, yeah i think as we're progressing like the next generation would probably be way more aware of the fact that oh you mm, i mean you can be self-conscious but you don't have to go to an extent that it gets gendric like there's gender boundaries to that self-conscious you know if obviously i like on a even daily basis girls do wear more makeup than guys and mm. It is because they don't want to be judged. or and, and it's women themselves judging other women or men also judging other women oh. or women themselves judging themselves, mm. you know, and because they have been oppressed. But And it's really nice that right now people are, you know, going through all this and looking through the archives and saying, yeah, that's been going on too long. I think it's time to stop it right now mm. and just delete all sorts of inequality and mm. um, I went to a mixed school and um, during PE lessons once we hit about I think it was about in year eight um, body hair started being discussed and the boys started to um, point and laugh no I, they, they actually <laughs> monkeys <laughs> yeah they actually had they used to kind of talk about which girls have started shaving and which girls haven't um, so yes I remember for me one as soon as I knew that that was happening I went home and said I want to have a ra- I want to buy a razor I want to shave my legs and my mum actually said that I wasn't allowed to shave my legs so I went to my older sister and then I did so that actually happened to me as well really yeah I was I mean being an Indian I'm furiously hairy and <laughs> like I have way too much hair growing out you know like even my hands like they don't stay hairless for more than one day it's like some photosynthesis <laughs> going on <laughs> so I was in I think what seventh like just before I hit like 13 you know at 13 and I hadn't shaved before I, I didn't care about my weight you know all that stuff was I had a unibrow so and all that stuff was normal you know and I hadn't been told that you have to shave. Like, no one told I was lucky enough that no one came up to me and said, oh, you have so much hair on your body. Mm. But just being self-conscious about it, I hit 13 and I just went... I what caused that hair. self-conscious? If, if no one came I up and told media, you about it? I think media has a huge part in this. Mm. Because Do you, you see those models and men out there, they have like handless arms, they look so gr- good and, you know, they look really good. And that's one of the outlets that you look up at, you know, you say, oh... I like I like the way she looks. So mm. I like the way he looks, and I want to be like her. And in, and and even the advertisements, you know, those things are also because media is one of the strongest ways to get the message across. Mm. And the the TVs and radios, you know, they keep advertising and advertising. It's going to get on your head, and you're mm. gonna be like, I think I'm, that that product, the 
Venus product mm-hmm. that I should probably get that razor. And then from then onwards, I've been on this constant thing like I have to remain hairless and not mm. have any hair growing out of me because like I'm going to be shunned from the whole guy and girl section of yeah. this world. Yeah. Yeah. I remember being at school, it was not just the boys that would say that. It would be oh, yeah. all like, boys and girls. And the validation that you got once you joined the masses and you started shaving your legs was validation from girls and boys mm. saying, yes, good, you've done the right thing. That's how it should be. There's a certain level of conformity amongst teenagers in general. And as teachers, mm. we see this quite a bit. And um, it's quite fascinating. So your sevens and eights are very similar to six formers. Um, oh, really? w- yeah, when you move into, for, uh, like, not on some uh, aspects, obviously, like your independence and maturity is, is way beyond. Uh, <laughs> maybe not some. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, uh, when you get to your nine, your 10, your 11, you do see this kind of societal expectation from the others on the others. And the mm. culture of a year group is very distinct to teachers. We, we know what the culture of a year group is and they are different. Each mm. year group is a different culture and it depends upon those characters that are the leaders in that group and whether they should be the leaders or not. But those characters can really, really cause that kind of uh, environment. And there are some characters that we meet in students who actually negate that environment. It's uh, incredible. They, they bring up these conversations. And, They're and so it's accepting. Absolutely. And mm. if, the, if those ones who, uh, if you can get enough accepting teenagers in, in that cohort, it can be quite a remarkable thing as a teacher to see. Um, but yeah, as, as Miss was saying, it's not necessarily girls and boys, teenagers. You are growing. You are learning. You will make these mistakes. Sometimes I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this a lesson now. Sometimes I'm addressing <laughs> you. Here, listener, right now, I'm addressing you, right? Sometimes you will be on the good side and sometimes you will be on the bad side. And that is okay because you are learning. But what you have to do is be self-aware and ask yourself, am I in the wrong? Am I making someone feel bad about this? And if I am, why am I doing that? And forgive yourself once you do realize, as long as you change and you grow, you've got to forgive yourself and move on. And that's what makes you an IB student with a good profile. Oh, good that was profile. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Dovacord <laughs> International, admission's happening now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now let's round back to the pink tags because we have diverted really bad. Absolutely. We have. Okay, <clears throat> so now there's one comment I'd like to make. Now, we know as a fact, like it's a known fact, and so many people have come up, that women do make way less than men. Mm-hmm. You know, like as a comparison, women do make less. I like this this conversation. (laughs) I'm I'm going to disagree with you in a moment. He's going to have so many statistics. Oh, my God. (laughs) I don't have enough on this page. (laughs) (laughs) So women, you know, are paid less and they end up buying more Mm -hmm. and they pay more. So they're in turn they're earning less they're getting less money but and they're giving out more so there's nothing left as a profit almost or mm-hmm. rather something disposable income yeah you yeah, don't yeah, have, yeah. yeah like nothing you can't just take an ad hoc vacation somewhere you know mm-hmm. you'd have to save up for months and months if you want to go out somewhere so that, i mean that links to it yeah absolutely i i think um so i'm, I'm not going to disagree with you as just bring in something that i saw so and this is an absolute authority in this topic is netflix documentaries and I have watched a couple of Netflix documentaries. <laughs> so so you can't question what I'm about to say, basically. This is almost <laughs> as good as Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a leader in this uh, industry, if anything. Take notes, everyone. Go. <laughs> 
so and it, you know i know it is generally from a documentary but it was interesting what they said and whether whether the stats support this or they support what you're saying there is absolutely a difference there is a fundamental difference and what this documentary uh, said is uh, that it's not between males and females but mums and non-mums and the reason why I found this interesting is um, uh, in this documentary, they stated different countries and what they and what they provide. And um, I'll come back to that in a moment and why that's relevant. But what they were saying is that males and females have a, 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 gender, a gender pay gap. And what happens is when a female then becomes pregnant, they go on maternity leave. And that maternity leave usually means that their promotion prospects are damaged. Um, they've been out of the industry for however many years, depending on how many children they have. When they come back, the all this while, the male, the traditional person who stays within the, the uh, job role, gets those promotion opportunities and moves through the career and ends up being in the CEO or, or larger and earning that money. And, and if you're a female that doesn't go off on maternity, those promotions that are available to the males are also available to you. Mm -hmm. And this documentary said that on average between males and females of this type, non-mums, there was a difference. There was still a difference between uh, females and males, but it was incredibly small. It was about four cents. Um, maybe even a difference that you would expect that would change yearly uh, by sex. But for the mums, th it was huge. It was a massive difference. The reason why I brought up countries earlier is in Iceland, their maternity leave and their paternity leave is exactly the same. Yeah, And they must take that. it at the same time. So when the baby is born, the male can't take it at different times. They must both take it at the same time. So hiring practices, when you're sat next to, in front of someone who is a male or female who is likely to have children, both of those people will leave your company. Both of those people will not have those promotion prospects. Yeah. And I would love to see the statistics on Iceland because it's not been around long enough. But the statistics on Iceland to see what the gender pay gap is there after a couple of decades to see if this initiative has actually worked. Yeah, that's, that's actually really interesting because, mm. I mean, if they are planning to let the guy, and, I mean, the dad and the mom go off, mm. even if they don't work in the same company, mm. you know, and if they are allowed to go off, they are giving an e I mean, equal support to the kid. You know, mm -hmm. I've seen these videos where the dads are complaining that they had to babysit their own kids <laughs> while the mom had gone off to work. I mm -hmm. mean, it's your own kid. You can't babysit that kid, you mm -hmm. know. And, and I get that, that men do want to stay home with their kids. Really good that you guys should. Because my mom w herself, and we were actually having a conversation like yesterday about this. Mm -hmm. So she, I was, and she works, so, and she was like, when she had me, she was like 25, 26. Mm -hmm. So, so she was still, you know, at the bottom half of the work industry and she's in IT, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, so she was still, you know, building her way up. So she had to dedicate most of her time mm -hmm. into work. I was staying with my grandma and this was in Bombay, India. Mm. So I was staying with my grandma and and then my mom then she tells me I really felt bad that I you know I had to leave you with your grandma I couldn't mm. spend that much time with you and then I really do feel guilty about it and then I told her that there was this quote that I told her it said women are expected to work like they don't have kids mm -hmm. and raise kids like they don't have work That's a very <laughs> good quote yeah absolutely Exactly I mean and it makes complete sense because when they're at work they they obviously have to juggle both but they can't only be concentrated on one thing it's multitasking you can't just be like okay kids i'll see you in the afternoon at like eight o'clock in the night mm -hmm. so you have to do both of those things but then the expectations that even for the maternity leave you know so many companies end up firing those women after they come back because they're like or they don't give you the they don't 
provide you back the job. I think that's the thing. Back. It depends upon the country that you're in yes. and, and the laws, and they're very different across the globe. And I think Miss and I, being international teachers, are, are much more aware of that than a lot of people, how different they are mm -hmm. from country to country. Would you say the same, Miss Milton? Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, I did actually want to go back to what you were saying mm. earlier. With the, the fact that women don't, potentially if they have had children have mm -hmm. the same opportunities and that's what causes the gender pay gap mm -hmm. but aren't there statistics statistics that men and women are in the same role mm -hmm. so it isn't that they haven't been able to get to the same place they're in the same role and then then there is a yeah, for a dollar man's dollar they earn 70 or 50 cents but that 70 or 50 cents is, is actually uh, taking into account the mothers you're right the same role so you know the um gender difference that i said about um those who aren't mothers are still being paid less than males. Yes. I think that still exists. It's just not to the same extent. So there's still an inequality there that definitely needs to be addressed. And I'm not saying that um, gender gaps are, uh, gaps are lies. Actually, mum, so we won't talk about it ever again. Mm. Um, I just thought this documentary was incredibly interesting. And and what as is, a mathematician, I can't... Called? It was on Netflix. And I, oh, <laughs> Better Explained. It's one of the Better Explained ones. Oh. They are fantastic. They're about 20 minutes long. So they're very quick to actually see. And um, I think the problem with the... This, this kind of gender pay gap is that we just don't know enough. Like the statistics on it, like what you were saying, Miss, about how in the same role a female will get paid less than a male. Mm. Anecdotally speaking, I've not seen that. However, as a mathematician, I understand that that's pointless. You need to have statistics. I would, basically, I don't understand statistic, statistics. I've not sat down with it. I've not looked at it. And I would like to get my teeth into it. But obviously, there's not enough time. It's definitely there's definitely an, a discrepancy there that needs to be addressed. Yes. Milton, have you experienced anything like a gender pay gap? Mm. Um, no. I feel like people don't talk about their wages, how much they earn. Agreed. That's been within man and man or woman and woman. Mm -hmm. If you're, I feel like it's just you know how the people say that it's rude to ask people how much they earn. Mm -hmm. Why? That is a fantastic question. I'm going to plug another thing now. Um, it's a it's a YouTube channel which I think was actually on uh, American television called Adam Ruins Everything, um, and they cite their they cite cite their sources when they actually speak in they're very short uh, videos. Um, I don't agree with all of them. I think that you know, the, in fact, they do an Adam Ruins Adam Ruins Everything uh, to say how like they could also ruin their own show by saying uh, stating other st statistics and everything like that. Um, but yeah, basic. I have totally lost what the original <laughs> point was. Adam Ruins Everything. That's the main thing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's about why people don't talk about their wages. Ah, uh, yeah, why people don't talk about their wages. Um, he basically addresses that and says that it's perpetuated by the employers because it, mm. it because what happens is if you were to say your wages to another person and say for some fortuitous reason you were in the same role and earning more than the next person, you picture the other person complaining, saying that you shouldn't be paid that much. When in actual fact, that other person instead would go into the boss and say, I should be paid as much as that. And the more you would share your salaries with other other people, the more power the employees have to actually say, you know, this is the going rate um, for for someone who's doing this job, and I want to be paid that going rate. But what if it's it's not only in between the employees? You know, like parents don't like sharing the you know how much they earn. Like they don't tell their kids, mm -hmm. or rather, even just family. You know, they don't mm -hmm. prefer speaking about how much they earn. And I think that has to do with the worth. Rather, I love like, that you said that word. Yeah, like like the second you say mm -hmm. I am at this rate of like mm -hmm. I am my work is at this rate of 100k I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh so as soon as you say that you have this image that form forms in that person's head mm -hmm. of the way 
you run your whole life basically because money is the biggest goal of this planet and you know you can't really do anything without money i think there are some people in the world that happily share their um yeah. salaries uh but they're boasting actually, it yeah. yes exactly. exactly i actually know one person quite close to me but i'm not <laughs> going to <laughs> not going to reveal who who um, always is saying about how much they earn. Everyone knows, everyone who is close to this person in in a relative sense, I mean, they don't even have to be that close to them, but they will know how much they earn and they are always trying to find out how much other people earn, but it's not in a positive way. No, so. they're, they're trying to find a metric to say, am I better than this person? Exactly. Or are, are they better than me? to measure themselves I against think, yeah. other people, which is just it's really It's like the damaging. thing we do with grades, you know, yes. like be mm. like, oh, so you got a nice time. Are you go around asking and then the second it comes to you you're like no are you completely boasted if you know yeah it, it's definitely something that if you have a higher grade you're more willing to share yeah. than yes. if you have a low grade and it's one thing that infuriates me about more than, uh, about education more than anything is the the necessity for exams and yeah. unfortunately the reason why i say necessity is that i don't know if it's a necessity but they are used to measure you against one another to decide who gets onto the next academic program or who gets the job and it, it the reason why they're there is it makes it easy for us to decide who gets the job because we don't have to consider the person in front of us we can just pick a couple of metrics right you you fit all the metrics you get to come and you know there are universities right now that be in, uh, that the IB are negotiating with, um, to especially with the new mass courses coming in, to say you know what is it that you want. And there's a few universities out there that are actually saying they don't they they got to look away from grades. They got to try and consider the person who's coming and, and what have they achieved in their life and everything like that. But if they are going to do that, that requires an incredible investment in human resource to have people to look through that to meet everyone to make those decisions and that's the problem like you were saying before a lot of it comes down to money and the examinations allow that and i think with these salary when you have higher salaries or lower salaries and not sharing those salaries they are seen as your worth in society your value in society wrong or right that's what they're seen as um, and I think that's why w- another reason why people don't share. I think you're correct. And, and I think some people with higher salaries may not share as well because they may feel bad, which is, yeah. is, is even worse. Feeling pity for someone who earns less than you is, is terrible because their job could be just as important. Do you think that's modesty or pitiful? Like, are, do you think they're being modest about it or are they being... Good question. I think, that, I think that if you're sharing your salary what you have no control over is the judgment that that's going to form in someone else's mind. So I think it's an uncomfortable feeling saying this is how much I earn and then having no idea whether that person's then going to value you more or less. I certainly would never want to be valued based on what I earn. Um, like that's not what that's the, not what I'm... The instances that I have shared my salary have been to encourage another person who I feel is more than capable to fill my shoes. Mm. So... For example, teachers back in the UK, I would convince to go international because for so many reasons other than uh, other than the salary, there are so many reasons to go international. But, you know, one, one of the reasons is the salary. And that is something that I would mention. I may mention my salary for them to understand um, what what they would be walking into if, if they were going to go international teacher. But I would never share my salary in, in the general sense because there's no reason for it. It would have to be a very, very good reason for me to share it. And I, I don't know if that's right or wrong now, considering what we were saying here, like, should we be sharing our salaries? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think once you share your salary, the whole dynamic of the relationship changes. 
Mm-hmm. It's like you either become dominant or you become recessive. I Rather don't want my cool. salary to be any part of yeah, who I am. Relationship. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Correct. Yeah, there's the students in the room, including the yes. resident researcher. Um, <laughs> do you feel like if you, if you think about school and education and preparing you for life, do you feel it's like you're getting? Well, are you? Uh, maybe I'm not going to go down that road. But <laughs> okay. what if? That's the next podcast. Wh- uh, yes. <laughs> um, do you feel like you have an idea of financial management? Is that something that you would like us to provide for you in school? Would Would you like a, some? Oh, is that that's that. one of the podcasts? Yeah. Oh, awesome! What? Taxes. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I taxes mean, and buying houses, yeah. getting a student loan, everything. Like Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Move forward. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> now, do you guys know what the left wing and the right wing is? In terms of politics. Yeah. yeah. In terms of, okay. So, would you say fighting against or for for the pink tax is left or right? I would like to say that it's it's non-party oriented. Mm-hmm. It, it shouldn't be a liberal versus conservative issue. It, this is this is a um, this is about fifty percent of the population we're talking about. That 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 divide shouldn't, shouldn't exist. Fifty one, yes. really. There are more women in this world. Fun fact. But how long has there been I more mean, women in this world? <laughs> the last time, time dependent, checked, right? I mean, I don't know how long, but the last mm-hmm. time I checked, there were more women in right. this world. Yeah, so I think um, I don't like it when people divide issues, and I I don't like when people divide issues across the stream. Anyway, about anything, because you should always consider ideas in isolation. You consider what policies you would like to enact on those ideas. And then you go and look and see who will provide those policies. And if they happen to be the Tory party, they're the Tory party. If they happen to be Labour, they're the Labour. My, you know, members of my family are very staunch Labour, um, uh, you know, into their Labour politics. And they will always vote Labour. And there is nothing that anyone can do to change their mind. And I think it's important when it comes to politics and issues like this that you remain open-minded. Mm-hmm. I think I completely agree. If we were to say uh, that this falls under kind of Tory ideals, then suddenly Mr. Jury's family would want nothing to do with mm-hmm. it. And given that it's something that we all need to be behind and we all need to be discussing and moving forward with, it needs to not be a political issue as far as anything can not be a political issue. <laughs> but if it yeah. seeds from the government, you know, like it's mm. a law, it's actually called, a, it's a GST added on stuff. So mm. it is a law. So it doesn't have to be political? It has to be political, but in a sense, lots of people think political. What really annoys me is the redefinition of politics in my mind, that politics has been seen to be characters that um, negotiate with one another, that are always on TV. And, you know, that's what politics has become. It's become this melodrama between large personalities. And I think politics is about policies. It is about writing rules and laws for a society to live by. And that society has the decision on what those policies are. Only in so much as who they vote for, unfortunately. And in if they, democratic. But yes, in a democracy, yes. If they can vote. So I think that's the issue. That, that, that when you say if something's political, it's immediately meant as this melodramatic uh, assassination of characters. When actually everything is political because everything yeah. should have a policy. And we should talk about how we live exactly. our lives. Yeah, I mean, it should be because if one thing is considered a part of the government, technically speaking, everything we're doing, everything that runs in order Mm -hmm. is politics, you know, Mm -hmm. everything that's going haywire also has to do, but we're going against politics Mm -hmm. this time. So, so you're going to, you're not going for anything left or right. Yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, (laughs) we dismissed the question entirely. (laughs) Sorry, Debbie. Okay. Okay. So this is like almost ending. We're getting close to the end now. Okay. So now... We know that even now, like this second, we are living in a 
gender dom like gender like there's one gender who is dominating this world mm-hmm. in different aspects and some of them are being talked about some of them are not being talked about but it is still and it's been going on for so long and yeah. we've only experienced that kind of world so do you think we'd ever get to a stage of gender equality or do you think will it always be man that's a good question that's a big question i'll let you answer that miss milton oh thank you mr Jerry. <laughs> um oh sorry um <laughs> i don't even know where to start with that question i mean obviously that's that's the ideal conclusion isn't like, it, it doesn't have to be only men like you might not women just might just end up you know dominating like do you think we'll reach like just gender like just equilibrium I think we're being, we, we, uh, I definitely will come to this and we'll talk about this. It's a dichotomy when you talk about m- males and females. Uh, like, gender at the moment is how you identify. So, if sex is your biological sex, is female, male, and you have hermaphrodite, uh, hermaphrodite, no, not, is that the right hermaphrodite. word? Hermaphrodites. Um, but I think when it comes to gender, there are, there are more and more definitions. And this is definitely for another podcast because you can get into this. Yeah. Um, I wonder if, yeah, I think the problem is that you've got males that are dominant due to previous societies that have had yeah. males that are dominant. And um, in my mind, I hate to say this, I find it very difficult to imagine what gender equality looks like. like. the full dimension. Right, right. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so, so I think I would like to... Th- you've got to believe that it can happen. Yeah, you have to, to believe yeah. that this will eventually get to the point where there is equality. Um, but believing it and having faith in it and yet seeing it are two very, li- three, no, two very different things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't count. <laughs> the maths teacher, ladies. Yeah. <laughs> so, so do you think we're going to get there sometime? Like, if you're going to give an estimation, do you think like... Ooh, you want to put a number on it? Mm, centuries? Oh, what? Decades? Mm. I think years? that there are, obviously there are always going to be things that set the two genders apart for example having children mm-hmm. women having to be the gender that go through uh, pregnancy having children um so obviously there are always going to be things that do mean that well no no this point is null and void this point is null and void i get what you're saying but i think gender in the sense of rights yeah. rather than biological everyone rights. being treated fairly yeah everyone um because i don't think biologically we can reach that stage of equilibrium i mean i th- oh, i think we can i think we have the technology <laughs> to do it but i don't want to see that <laughs> even i don't know i like where we are biologically biologically it's a good place fair enough yeah i mean economically I or socially surely yes that i mean that's what gender equality campaigners are are heading towards or wanting but there is a long way to go yeah um, i'm, I'm gonna go ahead of the world <laughs> i'm gonna put a number longer. on it i'm okay. gonna put a number oh, on are you? it you okay with for the whole world for the <laughs> whole world and if this doesn't come true yeah mm-hmm. you any anyone listening to this podcast may come to me during that year and i will give them a pen a free pen if this is not true. In this year? Uh, obviously. Oh. How, how <laughs> cynical wow, of you. you. That's a very ne- yeah, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> negative view of the world there, Miss Milton. <laughs> I would say it's going to be, mm. we're, what are we now? We're 2019 now. Yeah. Yep, 2019. Mm, and I want it to happen in my lifetime. And if I want it to happen, it will happen. <laughs> so I'm going to say, we're towards the end of my lifetime. And I'm going to live to about 500, so <laughs> now I'm going to say 2050. Oh, one. 
I don't agree. I think that's what? I think that's so <laughs> I, so optimistic. I think it's, it's almost naive. How dare you? <laughs> How very dare you, Miss Lovett? <laughs> yeah, because I think we're just going through phases rather than the whole. Like we're just seeing sections of gender inequality, mm-hmm. but not the whole thing as a basis. I think there'll mm-hmm. be improvements in sections, mm-hmm. but not the whole thing. I feel there's always going to be that one one guy or I one mean, girl over there. The problem is that there are still young children. Most children are still being brought up with such specific yeah. gender roles being put on them, even like two-year-olds in our current world so you're saying that 2050 <laughs> i have a question men- mental maths please 2050 i i will not <laughs> do my job when it's outside of ours <laughs> what's your question that you want to interrupt me okay so my question to interrupt miss milton is yes and give me a moment because i've forgotten it okay but it was important that's why i've interrupted <laughs> ah yes here it comes yes. okay Hypothetically speaking, and it's not to just Miss Milton, it's to both of you. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically speaking, if you had your baby in a pram and you were pushing that baby around the community, mm-hmm. would you be offended if someone came over and said, what a handsome looking boy you've got there? When girl? in actual fact, oh. your baby is a girl. Absolutely not. I would no? not be offended. Miss Ben I like and I answer. actually had like a brief conversation about this in English class. Mm-hmm. So... We were actually, it was in first class, second class, one of the first, one of the classes. So she was talking about, what do you think about identity? You know, mm. like people get offended when you call their son a girl right. or, or girl a guy. So, mm. And then I told her that I think it has more to do with the kid, not rather gender, but being recognized as uh, like if you call someone a not, it's more to do with identity rather than the gender. So they're not offended that you're calling the kid a boy but you're offended that it's it's not not a boy but it's how do i explain this like they're not offended because of the sex they're offended because you thought it was not a girl do you get what i'm saying i'm afraid i don't not really (laughs) (laughs) like they they wouldn't be offended if you called their kid like john and the girls and it was a girl and you'd be like her name's not john it's a girl and her name's Kiara, so you're not getting offended. It's more to do with identity of the kid rather than the gender of the kid. But is the gender not part of their identity? And also, if you are speaking of a baby, does the baby have an identity? Or is it the identity that the mother and father are, are imposing upon the child? I don't think a baby can have yeah. an I- a gendered identity. Well, what about just an identity? An identity, for sure. Like well, a, how? Because a baby can be... I don't know, you might get... Mm. Hold a baby up to a mirror, depending upon its age. Yeah. They won't know it's them. But and if you can... And that's have, the whole they point. They will have personality ah, traits. They will have characteristics that make them who they are So will, right, do they have to be aware of that in order to be ha- know their identity? So one of the things that we talk about with sentience of animals and humans, one of the tests that you run is giving them a mirror and seeing if they recognize themselves in the mirror. And the very first stages of a baby's life, they don't recognize themselves in the mirror. So I think what I'm genuinely asking is, what is identity? Surely we have to define that first before we can decide. it's like maths, you know, maths. Mm -hmm. You need to label everything to, like, we want to know the measurement, like you said, from the nose to the hand. Mm -hmm. The dude, one foot? (laughs) One one yard, yard. yes. (laughs) One yard, so... It's the thing of labeling things which mm-hmm. humans understand. Okay, labeling. Labeling and is what in mathematics? What do we call it? Measuring. Measuring. Okay. Yeah, we have yeah. to. It's the same with physics. Physics, you can't understand anything in physics unless you measure it. And uh, yeah. and and 
within social norms, within psychology, and within this kind of stuff, it is incredibly different, uh, difficult to get people to agree upon the measurement. That's the, that's the difference. You have definition of terms, and I think a lot of people um, do agree on some definition of terms, but at the very cusp of these subjects, like gender studies, for example, getting the definitions of these new ideas and these new words that are coming up is, an, is a battleground. Battleground, pronounce my T's, <laughs> battleground. On battleground, um, and I think yeah, I think the problem that we have here is we need another hour mm. to define what Ooh. identity is before we can even talk about that baby and that problem. But I think the main thing is that you guys are saying that if someone came up and they uh, they thought your uh, your baby was a male and it was a f- uh, and it was actually a female, neither of you would be offended by that. And I, that's probably the first step, isn't it? In in order to raise children that are not focused on their gender, we must not be offended if genders yeah. are mixed up while they are children. I mean, it's like saying outraged, but you just be like, no, it's a girl. Mm. I mean, at a, a point, it does get annoying. Because <laughs> it's, like, it's like the episode of Friends, you know, when mm. Rachel had to put the bow on right. his head because people kept calling her a, guy, a, a boy. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't have to go to that extent, but I mean, to a level, why do people have to come up and, first of all, say, oh, that's a pretty baby boy or pretty baby girl. Why can't you just take with you? You have a pretty baby. But and why would it need to be corrected even if... If they said, oh, that's a pretty girl. Yeah, that's like, oh, thanks. Even if it so if they boy. said, that's a pretty bit, a girl or a pretty boy, you say, actually, it's a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I would leave a human child. Just, okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, last and final question. Uh-huh. Excellent. Okay, so now we've discussed that what would you think we'd ever read gender equality? You guys said, yes, a date was given. 2051. One. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so now we've only, like I said, we've only experienced a world where one gender had dominated the other world. So when we do descend into a world of gender chaos, ascend, descend, ascend, ascend, chaos. Oh, ascend, ascend, <laughs> definitely an interesting verb you went for there. <laughs> and ascend into into gender, e- a world of gender equality. Yeah. Do you think with no such superior power, the world would fall into chaos? Such good questions. Oh, that is a good question. Mm. Because we've, like, till now what we had, most, the wars that we had, haven't really been, you know, like, wars, haven't been due to gender as much as been more verbal or more. Like, there haven't been people dying because they were killed, you know. Like, like there hasn't been gender wars as much. Oh, like females <laughs> against males. Yeah, you? something like that, you know, because... They I mean, weren't, like, the women's, women's suffrage... Yeah. did have that you know there was that female runner who got attacked by male yeah. like that's insane um but seeing mm. like through the timeline oh uh, like, yeah and large, the wars larger, like, the yeah. world wars that were between countries and not one country just run by women or mm. one so it wasn't I think yeah, no one. if if mr jury is right and in 2051 <laughs> i know I'm none right. of us are getting free pens because <laughs> there is now gender equality then surely that means everyone is on board. Uh-huh. The only way that it would descend into chaos is if people still aren't on board, in which case we do not have gender equality. But then right? would it be mm-hmm. chaos if there's no like running force? Yeah, I think this is, a, this is the problem. There will, as much as we fight for equality, because I think all three of us here are libertarians at heart, we, we want that equality. I have been thinking about a, a lot lately about equality and equity, and if we really actually do want equality, um, but if we if we did get equality, there's still going to be a disproportion 
in the majority of things. Um, true equality is almost impossible to grasp. So that gender pay gap, for example, true equality of the gender pay gap is probably going to be that there will be some years and decades where males get paid less than females and vice versa, and it underlates because you can't ever get bang on. Yeah. Everyone's getting paid the same unless you have complete control of all salaries and then you end, end Wait, up in so a fascist state. so are you states. contradicting your previous statement of 2051? <laughs> ah, because maybe I'm saying never. I don't want to say never. <laughs> That's so negative. <laughs> So I'm sticking to 2051. Okay. But I don't think there has to be a gender that is overall in control. Surely it will just be there will, of course, be people in power. And that will either be sometimes men, sometimes women. Mm-hmm. But doesn't society act in that? Like when they see men in power, they are like, he's going to run this world a specific way. Or when they see women in power, she's going to be so emotional about this. I think there's parallels here. Because if you look at America... And, you know, like I was saying before, they were um, slave uh, trade and everything like that and how that's changed. There's still a big proportion of um, oh, the black populace of America oh, okay, are, yeah. are going through some terrible stuff. And it's still from, from it's cascaded from that. And I think um, what's if, what's essentially happened is the racial debate in America, although still strong, Maybe that has lessened somewhat because there is equality coming more now. Um, and maybe that's what I mean by 2051. What I mean is not necessarily that it will be gone and we'll have equality and it'll be perfect. But we will have found something. We, we will be addressing it. It'll be growing. It'll be getting better. And we'll have found something else in society that we, we now have been made aware of. And like, oh, my God, we need to sort this out. We weren't even aware of it. So, like, my, it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw in even more details into this prediction. <laughs> I'm going to say that um, gender equality will have been addressed enough by 2051 that we feel like we've got the ball started and it's going to carry on. And we will keep on talking about this, but it won't be the main thing in society that we're going to focus on. The main thing that we're going to focus on is vegetarianism. (laughs) So we're basically never going to resolve anything as a society. Not completely. I mean, there's 7 billion of us. Mm. So... That's there'll be more be there's going to be it's more, be more yeah, yeah there's going to be a lot more i mean so do you would you say that gender equality is a singularity oh would you say that good use of the word you know like it's literally we haven't experienced it so would you say it's not in the pattern you know well the single the same i i do have an issue with the word actually now that i'm thinking about it <laughs> i'm gonna say You're not a good word, word <laughs> yeah okay. i just like the word um <laughs> Do do you mean that we can tend towards it but never meet it? We never we get can there. Actually get we can actually get to a You just can't calculate it, rather, wouldn't it? Mm. Like you'd say, it, it it goes against the pattern. Basically, I think let's just take that out because okay. we're debating about something else. Okay, okay. So I'm saying, mm. would you think it would be something out of the pat, like odd, rather than you know something that fits in almost immediately, which would hence result into chaos? What do you think, Miss Melton? What, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> Do you think gender equality is something odd? Like, that's why I want to say singularity. Like, something out of the pattern. Like, something n- not experienced or out not the expected. Ordinary. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, even now, the discussion... Like, like do you think it's natural ordinary. to have yeah, gender inequality? Is that what you mean? Natural to have it. Ah. I don't I think anything's no. natural. Yeah, the ordinary, like, what is normal is just a construct, isn't it? Yeah, that's just societal expectations. Yeah, yeah I think... Um, I would, I would be fascinated in looking back at where this all started. W- w- why is it that 
the males tended to dominate society and is is that perpetuated way from prehistoric times is is that not prehistoric times but say you know the first civilization 6000 years ago were males dominant then and why and you know we're in a society right now it doesn't make any sense at all <laughs> that any gender should be the dominant gender it's 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 crazy that we should be so binary like that but there surely there was a time where this was fostered for a reason and and that reason no longer exists it, it hasn't existed for hundreds of years but that must be where it comes from right otherwise why why were males ever the dominant gender in the I first think place it started off with biology i think the starting mm-hmm. point started with biology and then as the knowledge of but the world progress but if you think if you think like at the beginning uh, and the types of societies you have there are animal societies out there where you have matriarchs not patriarchs hyenas for example the, the females are the dominant mm-hmm. in a hyena populace i'm i'm basically saying that my ignorance is is such that i don't know why any gender would be any more dominant than the other gender either way in whatever society but i would like to know i'd love for someone to say this is how male humans became the dominant gender and and maybe that'll help us in in undoing that Mm. but yeah so even the the archives that we have Mm -hmm. of this prehistoric world where we see uh, ancient men and women those are also biased accounts you know no one's actually mm-hmm. been there and it has survived for so long mm-hmm. and we've seen it develop into this male dominated world mm-hmm. so again I think it comes from it just being uh, a lies maybe potentially it can be a lie or it just developed through a biased view mm-hmm. you know they just said maybe during a time where ma- men were already dominating mm-hmm. and then they decided what do you think would have happened there and then they would have been like, oh, I think the situation would have been quite similar. And then they drew up all these things. And for all you know, that might have been how uh, we know of the ancient uh, world. Mm. You know, maybe that's how the dominance came from. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, suppose we want to speak to Mr. Jones and see if he, uh, yeah, he uh, he's aware of this. The history of gender inequality. Right. Do you guys have any ending thoughts Miss Milton can you wrap this up in a nice little <laughs> neat package um, it's been very interesting and that's that's it wow that's, that is a neat <laughs> little package it's been very interesting <laughs> I'm going to say that um, thank you to you Divya thank oh, you to okay. Sam as well you've made this very easy very comfortable for us to uh, come on here and, and talk so I will end with this has been Likewise. very interesting. Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Thank you very yes. much, Divya, and to Sam as well. Yes. We mm-hmm. love you, Sam. <laughs> Resident researcher. <laughs> <laughs> I think there have been lots of questions raised, so yeah. things it's for us to go away and Discussion think about. is fun rather than debate. Would you say discussion is more fun than debate? I think, yeah, I, I, I much prefer an open-ended, uh, open-ended yeah. discussion. We, we may have debates within discussion, yeah. but I like the term discussion, not yeah. a debate. We're not trying to argue one another here. Yeah. I disagree. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> but a, a discussion can have a debate, right? Like even right now, a discussion can have a debate in it, and then you can discuss about it. But still be friendly. This was the end of our podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Miss Milton with us and Mr. Jury, who were very great speakers. Thank you very and much. <laughs> and the discussion was very enlightening. Thank you so much for listening to the social edit. Thank you very much. Thank you.